You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Family Album. My family has never been big on gift-giving. They consider it haphazard and wasteful. So, for as long as I can remember, on any occasion that requires a present, my family writes a check. For the past 15 years, on my birthday, I receive a check from my parents for $50. On each of my parents' birthdays, and on their anniversary, I return the favor with a $50 check of my own. In this way, everyone is kept reasonably content. My girlfriend Hetty doesn't get it. Her family gives gifts. Terrible, depressing gifts. Last Christmas, her father, a retired concierge, gave her a shoebox containing a used caulking gun. To Hetty's sister, he gave a bag of peanuts wrapped in a grocery store circular. These items say something about her father that I just can't figure out. On what level is he operating? Is he trying to be surreal, I ask. The point is, the man tries, Hetty says. He doesn't just slap a check on you. It's so impersonal. I tell her that a check speaks of possibility, imminence. It's like being granted a wish as opposed to having something decreed upon you. It's democracy trumping fascism. Still, this year, when Hanukkah rolled around, I was left with the task of introducing Hetty's ten-year-old daughter Zuzu to the Festival of Lights, and I knew there was no better way to put Judaism's best foot forward than through the act of gratuitous gift-giving. Hanukkah lasts seven days, and every day you get a different present, I told Zuzu. I guess you could say that in terms of the gifts, Hanukkah is seven times as great as Christmas. To make my point, on the first night, I gave Zuzu one of those groovy girl dolls. It went over big. On the second night, I got her the soundtrack to Shrek. And again, Judaism and I were a hit. But then, on the third night, as my work week got tougher and deadlines became tight, I just didn't have the time to do anything too grand, so I just picked up a pack of bubblegum and an Archie comic on my way home. Zuzu politely accepted these offerings, but without much real enthusiasm. By the fourth night, leaving the office after all the stores were closed, I brought home vending machine breath mints, a pack of post-it notes, and styrofoam coffee cups, onto which I had drawn smiley faces. As I packed it all into a paper bag, I started to understand Hetty's dad a bit better. Wrapping up your personal detritus is sort of like giving someone a souvenir from the gift shop that is your life. And what it lacks in class, it makes up for in intimacy. Just the same, for each of the last three nights of Hanukkah, I presented Zuzu with a check, which she happily pinned to her bulletin board. Seeing them up there, all lined up in a row, made me really feel like I was passing on a family tradition. Where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from a gas station. Why? I was changing my oil and I thought to myself, I mm. bet you Jonathan has never changed his oil in his life. But I, I, what, of course I've changed you my oil. You know, something oil. you might not know about me is that... Um, 
when I was about, I don't know, nine years old, my dad taught me to change the oil in the car. And every weekend, we had about four cars. I would be under the cars changing the oil. Routine scheduled auto maintenance. Isn't that like a form of child abuse? No. When I have my son, I will pass it on to him. That's beautiful. Hey, uh, oh, uh, Gregor, can you hang on one second? I got a call waiting. I'm in the middle of an important anecdote about my childhood. I, I, I okay. understand. I'll be right back. Okay, hang on one second. All okay? right. Hello. Uncle Johnny. Zach. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um. Well, what's going on? I'm. I'm kind of having girl trouble. Oh. I don't. You know, I don't know who to talk to about it. I mean, if you go to your mom, it's too awkward. And if you go to your dad, I don't even want to try that. So I know you're, you know, you don't have time for all this. I know you, you're probably on a business call or whatever, but, you know. No, 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 Zach, of course. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've always got time for you. But, in fact, actually, I do I do have some, uh, just sort of a, an associate on, on the other line. Do you, do you want to hold on one second? And I'll, I'll, um, I, and I'll be right back with you, okay? Sure. Okay, hang on, Zach. Gregor? Yeah, you're killing me. Where did you go to lunch? Well, you, you know, it's it's my my nephew Zach is on the other line. I see. Um, and I, I think I, I I better take it. He's he's having um like he's having some girl problems. Girl problems? How yeah. are you going to take care of that? Well, Let me talk to him. I can. I think I'm equipped to handle this. Okay. I mean, I was you know I was once a 14 year old boy. Come I, on. On. You can't handle anything. Just, I, I, I'm going to go deal with this. Come on, no offense, but who's got words of wisdom for a 14-year-old kid with girl problems, and who's good at other things? I'm not letting you speak to my... Look, look just, I'll, I'll call you back later on, okay? I got pearls of wisdom to pass on. Gregor, I'm going to let you go. Don't okay. let me go. I'm standing here at the gas station with nothing but time. i got to stand here while I change my oil. Just, okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell yeah. you what. Keep me on the phone, and you can mm. switch back to me, and I'll coach you back like Cyrano de Bergerac. I appreciate that. I'm not going to need your help. Don't cost you anything. Free for nothing. My nickel. Uh, you, you free for nothing. Keep me on hold. I'm, I'm standing here in a parking lot. I'm looking at some weeds growing in the grass. Just keep me on hold. All right, fine. Stay on hold. I'll talk to you later. Zach? Yeah? Hey, so, so what's going on? Well, I mean, it's like I really like her, mm -hmm. and I really want to get to know her, and it's just like I don't know how to do that. I mean, there's this dance coming up at school, and mm -hmm. I would think about asking her to it but I just I don't even it might seem random because she doesn't even know me I think so she's um she's in one of your classes yeah could you maybe maybe uh, do, do you have study groups maybe you could study with her in the library or something after I mean, class I don't even know anything about her and yet you know I'm madly in love with her and I just I don't understand it I hate this it's so stupid it's like uh well, Zach, I mean, have, have, have you just, have you tried talking to her? No, dude, but I'm such a loser. No, Zach, that's Parted. not, no, Zach, don't I, I, say that, that's not you true. You words can't even come out of my mouth when I see her, it's like, such an idiot. No, like, Zach, Zach, don't say that. That's I'm, I'm going to grow up and be one of those 50-year-old fat asses uh, uh, sitting on their couch eating potatoes uh, Zach, and watching TV and one of those losers. Okay, Zach, Zach, I don't Zach, even know you what I'm going to do anymore. I don't, I don't see uh, uh, the point of my existence. Okay, okay, Zach, hang on a second. I just, got, I have another call on the line. Can you, you hang on, hang on one second? Okay, hang on. Breathe. Okay. Gregor. 
How's it going? It, it, it's going terrible. I, I have no idea. I told you so. I told you so. You're wrecking his life. That, uh, what, what advice did you give him so I, far? I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm at a complete loss. I mean, I don't remember what it's like to be a teenager. What are you trying to make into a, a Goldstein man? You want him to take after his uncle? Let me tell you something about the Goldstein men, or I, one Goldstein man. You don't want him to take after any Goldstein men. I, you know, I did fine. You did fine. I Do did I need to remind you that you used to wear a fedora? It's not about me right now. Look, Listen, I, 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 got a I, pen. I'll give you some advice for any kind of girl problems. It's a simple rule. You got your pen? Yes. Okay, here's rule number one. Yeah. All he's got to do is he's got to walk in there with a steely gaze, a crushing handshake, and a master of the universe commanding posture. He's 14 years old. His voice is cracking. So what would you tell him, to go snivel? I just figured, like, he can maybe try to study with her or talk to her a little bit. Like, he really doesn't know what to do. Look, I bet you this kid, being that he's 14 years old, is freaked out. Mm -hmm. you got to tell him that rule number one is he's got to be comfortable. Like, when he sees this girl, mm -hmm. he shouldn't, you know, bathe or change his clothes or anything. He should just be like he is in his living room. Right. And he should be totally, treat her like any old acquaintance. All right, all right, uh, hold, hold the line. I'll, I'm, I'm going uh, to go back to him, okay? All right. Zach? Yes. I think what you're going to have to do is um, you're going to you're going to try to be more casual, right? You're going like what happens when you when you see her, you get all nervous and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to try to be like really kind of cool and laid back. Do you, do you shower every day? Well, yeah. Well, maybe if you know that you're going to talk to her, maybe you don't shower that day. Maybe you want to try to be sort of a bad boy. A smelly bad boy. Well, well, girls like bad boys. Act like you don't like her and act, you know, like like the way bad boys do, maybe. You know? If I act casual, I, I, what, are you, what are you talking about? H hang on one second, all right? Yeah. Gregor. How to take it. It's terrible. It's terrible. I can't. I, I'm telling. I told. I told him not to shower. It. It doesn't. Why did you tell him not to shower? Because well, you said. said no. You said that I he should. I never said that. Why would I say don't shower? You, because you said that he should feel laid back. I said relax. I don't say be disgusting. Well, You're not supposed to stink. I just said relax. Right. No, I know. I understand. But I mean, he's sort of. You know, he takes after his uncle. I mean, he's he's kind of a high strung kid. Uh oh. It's which uncle? You? Yeah, me. <laughs> That's trouble. Why don't you give him a role model? I, I try to. I mean, I... Uh, no, no, I don't mean you. I mean, think of a role model. Like, um, I don't know, Brad Pitt, someone who's like women like. You know, not that you have to go look like Brad Pitt, but like how Brad Pitt's like a cool character, you know? Uh-huh. He's not all fumbling and stammering like you are. All right, <laughs> thank you. Like our, okay, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just hold the line, okay? I'll be, uh, I'll, I'm going to go talk to him. Oh, and one more thing? Yeah. Tell him don't talk too much. All he's going to do is blow it. Okay, women so... Women like the strong silent tape. Just keep your mouth shut. Nod your chin gravely and don't call back too quickly. Okay, all right, got it. Okay. Okay. Hey, Zach? How, how's this? Hey. How's that? What, what was that? That was that was my bad boy voice. How are you doing? I, I don't know. I got some new advice for you. Okay. Okay, I was, you know, I, I was thinking about it. And I think what what you, what you got to do is when you're around women, the the number one rule is that you try to sort of keep your mouth shut and act like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. You know the movie star. Just you, you, here, look, look. Let's one, let's just try some quick role playing, okay? What, what's okay. This, what's this girl's name? Sydney. Sydney. Okay, fine. Sydney. All right, I'm Sydney. Okay, go ahead. You're you're talking to me. Um, just just don't act like I'm your whole world. 
All right, just relax, okay? okay? Don't let me know that I li- that you like me. Hey. Hi. I can't do it. No, Zach, you were doing fine. You were doing really, really good. That was really good. Saying mm-hmm. hi is the hardest thing. Breaking the ice. That that was fantastic. Keep going. How are you? Okay, Zach. Hang on one second. I got another call coming in. Keep breathing, okay? I'll be right back. All right. What advice did you just ruin now? I I, he, I told him to act like Brad Pitt. Don't tell him to act like Brad Pitt. You said to act like Brad Pitt. I never said act like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's a lousy actor. Have you seen him in Thelma and Louise? All I said was a lot of women like Brad Pitt. Be like Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. But also right and and be himself. No, obviously not. Himself is some simpering little kid with pimples who no girl wants I mean, to be with. No, he's a sensitive kid. You know, I don't I don't want to tell him to be something that he's not, you know, and, and try to come off like Mr. Macho. Well, point to this exercise to be someone you're not, because if someone he was was someone with a girlfriend, he wouldn't be calling his Uncle Jonathan out of desperation. Okay, look, w- w- what about, he should be making conversation, like, he's having trouble making, I'm, I'm going to give him some tips for conversation, okay? Yeah, wait, here, here's some advice. Why don't yeah. you tell him to write down on some 3 by 5 index cards some words like, hi, and then tell him that once you say hi, it's the hardest part and the rest is easy after that. I did tell him that. But, uh, uh, I was kidding. Oh. <laughs> you told him that's terrible advice. Really? Why? Because you're going to leave the kid stranded. He's going to walk up to some girl and say hi, and she's going to say hi, and then he's not going to know what to say next. You need to tell a kid something topical. That's how you start a conversation. Don't make it all artificial. You come in mid-thought. Okay, okay, good. All right. Mid-thought. Keep it situational. Mid, mid-thought. Okay, good. Right. Okay, good. Okay, hold the line. I'll be, I'll be right. Uh, yeah, you will be right back, I'm sure. All right. Hey, Zach? Yeah. Hey, listen. L- l- let's try a little bit more role-playing. Here, I got an idea, okay? Okay. I'm, I'm Sydney. What are you wearing? I don't know. I'm wearing a halter top and uh, leg warmers or something. Okay. All right. I like your halter top and leg warmers. Oh, okay. Here, Zach. Here, here, here. These are these are good surefire conversation starters. Um, like maybe ask her. Uh, maybe you ask her what her career plans are. What are your career plans? Well, uh, I'm thinking pretty seriously about becoming a dental hygienist. Sounds like fun. So you're gonna go out and oh god, this sucks. Uh, this is totally no, no, useless. No, no, Zach. No, 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 what did, what did you just tell that kid? Well, I, I, I we did some role playing. I pretended I was the you know the girl that he liked, Sydney, and we try you know I tried to teach wait, him how to make wait, conversation. Wait, 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 wait. You you pretended to be Sydney, the girl he likes. Yes. What are you trying to scar this kid for life? What if he actually meets up with this girl and he's going to be thinking of you? Look, just a kid. No, I was just what? trying to teach him how to make conversation. You know, like 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 what what career plan she has. That was your, your your conversation with your training to be an actuarial? What ethnicity with which you would most closely identify? White, Pacific, Rim, Asian, or other? Look, I'm trying, okay? Yeah, no, that would be really hot. You come up to some girl in a bar. Hey, I'm Jonathan Goldstein. Do you mind taking a little survey? What's your annual household income? Uh-huh. You just going to talk to a woman like a human being. Something apparently you have yet to master. So you just be yourself, only slightly better. That's all. Put me on with the kid. Okay, fine. Hang on one second. Um, but I don't, I don't, what, what do you... Just, 
How Put do you... man hold, hit conference, play his number, and then hit, hit conference, conference again. Wait, I'm sorry, hit conference, then hold? What, how is it possible that you don't know how to work your telephone? Are, okay, hang on, hang on one second. Hang on, hang on. Zach? Yeah? Hey, um, uh, th- I, I got my, uh, this is my friend Gregor on the other line. I understand your, your uncle's been giving you some good advice. What? What did your uncle tell you about how to pick up women? Yeah, I'm not telling him how to pick up women. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to teach him how to just make some... Co- <laughs> Quiet time. What did he tell you? He said to be... A bad boy. You know, I think that's great advice if you want to um, go to jail, but uh, this is all you need to know about women, kids. Go get a guitar, sit in your basement for a few years learning how to be really good at it, and then be the lead guitarist of a rock band, and you'll have all the women you can handle. Yeah, I, yeah, have, you... I have that guitar just sitting up there in the attic, and, you know, I guess I could put it to use. And... and I'll tell you the best part. It doesn't matter if you're shy, if you don't know how to talk to women, because you don't need to know anything. Like, you learn a few songs. Someone already wrote lyrics to them. You pick up your guitar and you're like, just start playing, and suddenly everyone's going to be sitting in a circle around you and want to be you and be around you. Cool. I'll tell you what else. You know what you can do? You can film yourself and put it up on YouTube or MySpace or one of those things. You'll make a million friends online. Cool. Really? Like falling off a bike, kid. It's the easiest buy. Hey, Johnny, if you've you got things to do, I can keep, you know, talking to Zach a little more. Well, that sounds good. I don't know if that's such a great idea. Come um, on, you heard what he said. Zach said it sounds that's good. fine. Right. I, okay, well, maybe, Zach, that's something we'll sounds have. Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, Johnny, um, thank you for all your advice, and I know you got, you know, tons of business calls coming in, so is it all right if I just uh, stay okay, on the line? Okay, bye, John. Bye, Johnny. I, I, I don't know if I like this so bye, much. Bye, Uncle Johnny. All right. Well, Zach, but, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders, you know, so... Uh, Me and Zach will just be slaying the ladies if you need us, so bye, Uncle okay, Johnny. Okay, Zach, just listen, be, you know, be, be yourself, all right? <laughs> okay, once again, Zach, select that, and then hit delete, and then we'll move on. <laughs> okay, Control-Alt-Delete to Uncle Johnny. Here we go, restart. The first thing you're going to need to do is get rid of all your hats. Do you have any hats? Uh, one or two. Yeah, get rid of them. Okay. Women think men in hats are shifty. Shifty, right. I don't know, we might have to take a look at your work Grandfather Says by Heather O'Neill Grandfather is always trying to give us nightmares. He says there is a leopard in the darkest jungles of Africa who instead of having spots just has holes. You will die from fright just looking at a picture of him. Grandfather says there is a pair of feet that walk around by themselves, and one night they followed him all the way home. Grandfather is able to whistle perfectly and clearly. I have never known anyone who could whistle like that. He always listens to classical music or to opera, and he plays it incredibly loud loud like the music in a horror film right before something terrible is about to happen. When he was little, Grandfather says the children in his village would trade their baby teeth to soldiers for food. The young soldiers believed baby teeth were good luck in the battlefield. He said that he wasn't lucky like we are and wasn't able to just put teeth under a pillow and expect to get money from some fairy. When he was a boy, nothing was handed to you. You had to fight for things. 
The only time I ever found anything under my pillow, it was a rat trying to keep warm. He says. We have to hide the pet hamster every time Grandfather comes near, because the sight of it causes him terrible memories. My mom says that all the strife Grandfather's been through has left him ornery. He sleeps with his hands made into fists. Grandfather says that when he was little, he was so poor that he never got to see a movie even once. He would stand outside the theater begging adults to take him in, but he was so filthy no one could bear his smell. He stood in the alley imagining what Rudy Valentino might look like. He imagined a man as big as a mountain who wore a lion as a shawl. Years later, when he saw him on TV. He said he wasn't at all what he expected. Grandfather says that when he was little, to entertain himself without any money, he would spin around and around. That was his thing, spinning. He would spin all day long because he liked the feeling so much. We didn't have television sets and toaster ovens, he says, so we had to take what fun we could get. But then he found that he couldn't stop spinning. All he did was spin all day and all night. He says that one time he spun for three days straight, and now his brain isn't what it should be. So grandfather warns us about the dangers of having too much fun, and he yells at us when he thinks we are having too good a time. But then he will also yell if he thinks we are not having enough of a good time. And it is then that he tries to get the party rolling. He does so by dancing. He slides around the kitchen in his stockinged feet, while yelling at us about how we don't know how to have a good time. Then he falls asleep at the kitchen table, and five minutes later he wakes up screaming. Who needs such good times? We tell mother. At grandfather's house, we always fight to sit on the one couch cushion that doesn't have a pee stain on it. The whole house is covered in pee stains. Even the wallpaper has pee stains because when grandfather goes to the bathroom, he always misses the toilet, and when grandfather misses the toilet, he misses the toilet. To make himself feel expansive, grandfather will toss pennies all over the floor. When he was a young man, he only made a penny a week, so my mother says he will be offended if we don't die for his pennies. So I die for them, but I do so with great sarcasm. Grandfather says that when he was little, he broke his front teeth eating a chicken leg. He used to have the most beautiful teeth in the world, but now he has the teeth of a prospector's horse. You must eat with a careful, serious look on your face, he tells me. Otherwise, chicken bones will destroy your smile, and then your chances for love, and then your very happiness itself.
grandfather says that if he ever catches us playing cards to tell fortunes, he will rip the deck in half. His mother used to tell fortunes, and there were always creeps hanging around in the house after dark, wanting their fortunes read. He thinks about the creeps hanging around in the dark and strangles the air while cursing. Grandfather says there is such a thing as the eleventh dimension, and he was born there. In the eleventh dimension, skeletons walk around in the daylight. They have ordinary jobs like driving the bus or being a hairdresser. The cats chase dogs, and you sleep standing like a horse because there is so little room. Smoking is good for you, and children drink red wine straight from the bottle. In this dimension, you are born with tattoos the way that you are born with beauty marks. The tattoos are too tiny to make out on baby skin. So you have to wait until they are bigger to see what the tattoo is. Grandfather says he was born in the eleventh dimension with the tattoo of a sparrow on his wrist, but now it just looks like numbers. When grandfather was little, he rode in a hot air balloon. He was so frightened that he cried. When he got out of the air balloon, he thought that he was in another country, but really, he was just down the street. I could never get away, he said, and there's nowhere left to go. Grandfather picks us up at school on Wednesday and walks with us home. Along the way, I show him my notebook where I write down all the things he tells me. I think this will make him happy. But instead, he yells at me not to keep a diary. He says it can be used against me in court. He says that when he was little, before the war, at least you could sort of believe in God. Now he says the only mystery in life is the small print on coupons. He says that before the bloody war, birds used to even sing better. They used to sing whole bars of Mozart. He can't understand why they don't sound that way anymore, and why no scientists write about the phenomenon. When we get home, we ask mother about it, and she tells us that that's the way birds sound when your parents and brothers are still alive, and there is food on the table, and there is nothing in the world for you to do except be a child. I go outside and try to block out the sound of honking cars and everything else, and just hear the birds. I try and put them in my memory, because apparently, although it's hard to believe, nothing may ever sound as sweet. That was Heather O'Neill reading her story. Grandfather says. We'd like to congratulate Heather. Her novel *Lullabies for Little Criminals* is the winner of this year's Canada Reads competition. Check out the audio slideshow of her book at cbc.ca/canadareads. On Wiretap today, you also heard Gregor Ehrlich and Zach Stevens. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Wendy Dore, Sarah Gilbert, and Carolyn Warren. Production help from Mira Bertwintonic.
reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.